Hey y'all, welcome to season three. I know y'all ready. What time is it? Oh, that's right. It's motherfucking tizzy time and I'm back. I'm back to talk my shit unfiltered, unedited, and I don't care. Nah, <laughs> let me stop. But welcome to season three, guys. I'm low-key so excited to be back. Um, I know it's been a while. I've been literally off the podcast airwaves, off the whatever you want to call it, off the grid, off the chart since December. And oh my God, I have so much to tell y'all and inform y'all about all the things y'all been missing the past couple of years. It's been the past couple of years, like I'm a grandma, the past couple of months, um, you know, it's been a wild journey, but we're back and I'm excited to, you know, basically let you guys know what I've been up to, what it's been like for my life the past couple of months and what we going into for season three. You know, season three, I plan for it to be bigger, have more guests. I'm talking about like a whole platform where I have like a round table and we all screaming at each other about something we passionate about. Um, it's going to be a fun season, y'all. I'm so excited. I can't wait to tell y'all what comes into play for season three. Like I plan to have a podcast on, you know, where random, where random, ha, where I interview random people on the street and, you know, just give them 30 seconds to talk about a topic. I might do a ASMR podcast where all I'm doing is whispering into the mic <laughs> or eating crab legs. And I'm like, that that's so funny <laughs> um i'm definitely gonna do one about politics too which will probably be my round table um podcast which i'm excited about and then i want to do a conspiracy podcast where people email me their craziest conspiracies and i either debunk them or agree with them but since i'm a big conspiracy theorist i just might agree with you um so i'm excited about that and then i'm gonna have <clears throat> excuse me little segments where I do like a tip of the day or a makeup product I'm really into or story time, which is really messy and mixy because, you know, my story time, I got stories for days. Some of the stories y'all would look at and be like, nah, she's wild. But y'all knew that about me. Um, also, I'm trying to think if I should add a little intro music and outro music to my podcast. We're thinking about it. So maybe in post editing or you know, a little edits. I may edit this time. I may do a little something funky with this podcast, this go around. So, you know what? It may be some editing. I may, you know, contradict myself and be somewhat edited, but I haven't decided yet. But yo, I'm just so excited to be back. So excited to have you listen to my view of things. Even though I have a filthy potty mouth, I'll try to keep the minimum to a cursing mommy. Keyword here is try. That's the only word is try. Not minimum. Minimum is not my keyword because I don't do anything minimum. <laughs> but try to keep my profanity. Watch your profanity to a minimum. Um, so basically a little rundown of how my past couple of months have been. One, the main word my past couple of months have been fucking wild. Like 
If I tell you guys what I went through, you guys will be so shocked. And I can't wait to tell you. So, it's a rundown. My final semester of grad school. Uh, why don't they ever tell you that grad school is the most stressful shit ever? Nobody gave me that hint. No one. Everybody, oh, we're so proud of you. Oh my God, you're an inspiration. Wow, a master's at 23. Bullshit. That shit was the most stressful thing in the entire world. When I tell you, yes, the degree is cool. Absolutely. Graduating as the first African-American in my program and the youngest one as well. Don't tell Rochelle that. Rochelle will get so angry. I beat Rochelle though by about like... 30, 32 days I beat Rochelle. 32 days I beat Rochelle as being the youngest one. Um, so that's pretty cool. The youngest and the first African-American in my program to graduate. So that's a big accomplishment um, on my end. Yes, congratulations. But was the stress worth it? Hell fucking no. Absolutely not. Um, so last semester, um, my fall 2018 semester, I was living with this girl won't say any names if you know you know if you don't you don't but it was a real stressful environment that i wind up moving out a month and like three days of it living with her just one day randomly decided to pack up all my shit and get the fuck out of there i wind up living at my own house for about i'll say like five months and then i had another roommate who wasn't as bad as the original roommate but you know I guess Chantel just can't live with anyone. I wouldn't even say it was hard living with her because it really wasn't. But Chantel just has to live alone. That's what I learned in retrospect. But I had a roommate fall 2018 semester. It was really complicated. At the time, I was also going through some family things. I found out an issue um, with a family member. And it was a really hard time for me uh, being in grad school, working two jobs, working as a resident assistant where I was technically an RA and on call two to three times a week and then working at um, on Oswego's campus um, at Artswego great position as a graphic designer where I um, <clears throat> basically um, brushed up on my skills and learned a lot more in Adobe Creative Suite so if you never if you ever need some photos edited you want some a quick flyer on InDesign you want me to animate something for you what's up bitch I could do it all um, so that's a little bit of what my degree was in um, my degree is in Stratcom and a lot of people are like well what's strategic communication what do you just know how to communicate a little bit better than everybody else and no it doesn't mean I communicate better than anyone else it means I communicate the motherfucking best okay because <laughs> I learned every form of communication there is from graphic design, from marketing, from advertising, from communication research. I did it all. So I feel like, yeah, I'm pretty much the guru of communications right now. I can tell you what your baby's nonverbals mean and why he's crying when you change his pamper. And no, it doesn't mean he doesn't want doodle on his butt. It actually means he's unhappy because he can't communicate with words. Ah, no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I do know how to tell you why, what not, what nonverbals your babies are communicating because there are only seven. If you really want to know, I know I have a lot of um, people who are mothers who I may know or cross paths with or be friends with. So if you want to know why your baby is sad, I got you. Um, and also, I finished my thesis, which 
no one tells you a thesis is hard as shit. And then besides doing a thesis, I did a fucking applied project where not only are you doing a thesis and a survey and going around trying to get people to give you feedback on what your topic is, but now you have to do fucking workshops and seminars where people actually come, but no one shows up. I'm not mad or anything, but you understand, you understand my, my, like, my anger and my frustration on why I chose to pursue an applied project. I did, and nobody told me, nobody said, Chantel, don't do an applied project. But, you know, I thought it would be easier. Plot twist, God got me. I didn't want to write an additional, what, 10 pages? But at the end, I wound up writing 75 pages on my thesis anyway. So I just could have did a thesis if I wanted to. Like, joke's on me. But I did the apply project, which was 35 to 60 pages. And while doing that... um. I also had to go do seminars. So the first seminar, of course, no one came. Three people came. Oh, four people came. And I was a little hurt about it, very upset, because I promoted the shit out of this. And I just wanted to be done with the thesis. Wanted to have people survey, blah, 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 get it done with. Fine. The next one, I had four people come in person. Well, three people come in. No, four people come in person. And I had... Eight people joined virtually. So around 15 people came and gave me feedback, which is not enough for my topic. So my topic for my thesis was, how can we implement podcasting into institutions such as colleges, universities, and even, you know, schools, churches, all of those things. But my main focus was trying to instill a podcast in SUNY Oswego's curriculum. Contrary to popular belief, Oswego did not teach me how to do this podcast. Chantel learned this podcast shit on her own and wanted to bring the skills she learned by herself into a podcast, which I did. So if anybody's ever interested in starting a podcast, I want to know the five simple steps in making one. Hit my line and I'll let you know how it's done. Um, But did that. Um, we're still in the process of my thesis, contrary to popular belief. I could be honest. Yes, I'm still in the process of graduating. I mean, technically I graduated 98% done, but what they don't tell you in master in your grad school tenure is that you cannot get, well, with any degree, you can't get your degree until you're finished, but it's a little different from grad school. Like your bachelor's, oh, if you're lacking three credits, you can't graduate. I'm not lacking any credits. My credits are done. I just have to have my thesis approved. Once my thesis is approved by my committee of my three uh, department chairs, then we can go in and, you know, hopefully have my work published. That's another reason why I'm waiting. Um, not just waiting because I'm sloppy and I don't know how to do work and I'm stressed. I actually want to have my research published in a communication journal thanks to my department chair and thanks to my presidential fellow. They um, wanted me to get IRB approval, which is internal... Um, Happen. I don't think that's what it is, but it is. It is the internal review board at SUNY Oswego. So the IRB of Oswego, they want to approve it so it could go into a communication journal. So good news on that end, but we want to be done with it. I'm over it. I'm tired. I don't want to see it anymore. It's 70 pages, Catherine. Like, <laughs> uh, I had a, a personal vendetta. You see how I called out my department chair? I don't want to see it anymore, Catherine. But yeah, I'm done seeing it. Um, I just want to, <clears throat> first and foremost, also thank all the people who got me through grad school, from Morgan to Amanda to Kristen to Rochelle, 
um, I forget, oh, Melissa, I just want to thank all you guys for not only being positive influences through my grad school career, but like also pushing me because there was a lot of times where I was just over it and I wanted to quit and Morgan was like, absolutely not, bitch, get it together. Um, and Rochelle was like, I'm not going to imitate your accent, Rochelle. I was thinking about it, but that's very rude. But if you want to hear Rochelle say, absolutely not, and an Italian, an Italian, wow, I'm so sorry, Rochelle, and an Australian accent, I'll drop her Instagram handle and just, just DM her and say, say crikey for me. And she'll say it. I mean, it's literally the most amazing shit ever. I feel like I have like fucking Steve Irwin right next to me every time she says crikey. But <laughs> yeah, so congratulations to us. We finished grad school. A lot of the people, I also want to congratulate those going into grad school. I just want to wish you a whole lot of success. And some tips I can give you into grad school would definitely be just going with a level head. It is stressful. Stay focused. Do not procrastinate. Excuse me. It is super writing intensive as well. I would definitely say make sure you like to type, make sure you like to, you know, come up with ideas and generate, you know, valid talking points, not only within your paper, but within your presentation as well. I'm not sure how it works for my friends going into other fields besides communication in grad school. Not sure if it's a little different for psychology or if it's a little different for social work or if it's a little different for teaching but at the end of the day I know we all got to write a thesis and that shit will sneak up on you I took thesis for a year and still wasn't prepared as you can see <laughs> um, usually they offer thesis well when I was in grad school they offered thesis for the last semester which is about four to five months I did mine in 10 months and I'm still not complete so technically my thesis is about 14 to 15 months don't procrastinate if you have, I would say going to grad school knowing what you want your thesis to be about and write about something you're passionate about, passionate about, excuse me, hence why I chose my podcast because I was very passionate about it and I was passionate about reading more about podcasting um, outside of my personal bubble. So good luck. You guys got it. I want to see us all successful young adults with masters who are highly educated. And to be honest, some of us more educated than our parents, which is not bad. That just means your parents are very good parents and they pushed you a little bit more than they pushed yourselves. Um, so, yeah, that's my little that was my little jest on grad school. If you want me to be honest, don't do it. But if you really want to, don't do it. I mean, you could go in and do it. It's a great opportunity. Don't do it. <laughs> um, just don't do it. I mean, like, if you really have no... If you like school like I did and you just wanted a bunch of accolades and wanted to, you know, further your education, go do it. I support entirely... Or if you want to get a, a higher pay cut, do it. I support entirely. But if you just feel like you should get a master's just to have one, just don't do it. It's it's a road. It's really a road. And that can tie in into uh, my transition into what post-grad is like. Post-grad has been super stressful. Um, honestly, I can start literally from a week after graduation. Uh, three days after graduation, I got super sick. 
um, I was bedridden, so I was still in Oswego. I was originally supposed to stay in Oswego till July, till my cruise, get some money, um, try to get some jobs, uh, you know, basically just do what needed to be done, uh, live out my lease in my apartment till I was done working. But I got really sick. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I got really sick. And do you guys notice a difference? I'm not, and I know, in my podcast anymore. But that's that's a little, I'll, I'll get into that. So I got really sick. Um, I woke up one morning and I just couldn't breathe. I know, how did you wake up and you can't breathe? I know, like, that's like waking up dead, right? But no, I woke up wheezing, like horribly. I couldn't even talk. I was taking Benadryl to put me to sleep because my throat, the left side of my throat was on fire. I couldn't basically, like, ah, damn, I'm having, like, a blank. I couldn't, like, form words. I couldn't form sentences. I had bad memory. It was it was a bad time. Like, my the left side of my throat was just on fire, and I was bedridden, taking Benadryl twice a day, sleeping, waking up, not going to bed till 5 in the morning, taking Benadryl going to sleep and waking up at like seven the next day and repeating it all over again I didn't leave my house for like four days and then randomly I was fine again even though the left side of my throat was hurting I still was out going to hookah smoking drinking partying didn't know what was wrong Memorial Day weekend um I had work I went into work that Wednesday Memorial Day weekend was Monday. I went into work Wednesday. Oh, excuse me, Tuesday. The 27th or 20th? Yeah, 27th, I believe. Went into work May 27th, and my stomach just started hurting. And I was on the phone, and my boss at the time looked at me and was like, are you okay? Because I couldn't even form a sentence. My voice was literally, I couldn't even breathe. I was like, hello. You called Lakeside Commerce, and I couldn't breathe, and my boss told me I should go to urgent care. My mom, I called my mom. She said I should go to urgent care, too. Went to urgent care about a stomach ache. Just thought my stomach was hurting from all the alcohol I was consuming for graduation weekend because I just had graduated. I have been drinking since OzFest weekend, which was the weekend of the 10th, so drinking nonstop. Or like socially for 18 days, 16 days, I say 16 days, besides the week I was out of commission. So let's say drinking socially about for like 7 to 10 days and not really, you know, flushing my body out. Just continuing on to do the same day the next day if I didn't wake up feeling shitty. And I went to the doctor, told them I had a stomach ache. They gave me, of course, you know, when you're a female, they have to give you the pregnancy test. They have to do all of that stuff to just make sure you're not pregnant or nothing is there before they do an x-ray of your stomach to make sure anything's wrong. So the doctor was like, would you like to take a pregnancy test? I said, oh, hell no, I'm not pregnant. I know I'm not fucking pregnant. Don't disrespect me. But he was like, you know, it's... (laughs) It's protocol. I need to stop getting so offended when people ask to take tests. But he was like, it's a part of protocol. We just want to take it. God forbid you are. And we can't do the x-ray. 
So took the pregnancy test. He said, good news, you're not pregnant, but I do have some bad news. And I was like, well, what the fuck could be bad news? I'm not pregnant. That's great. You know, like I can't afford no baby right now. He said, you know, I really don't like your breathing. Can I, you know, use the stethoscope to just, you know, double check what I'm hearing through my ears. I just want to use the stethoscope to check. He uses a stethoscope to check and he's like, oh no, your breathing is disgusting. And I'm like, huh? He's like, your breathing, you don't, you have, how long have you been breathing like this? And at the time I'm like, well, I've been breathing like this for almost a year since I moved in with my old roommate in fall of 2018, but I'm pretty sure it's allergies. Like Oswego air quality is shit. We're right on a lake. First, it's either spring or winter. There's no fall. There's no summer. It's just either spring or or um or winter. So it's either 75 to 80 degrees and the bugs are outside and the trees are just blowing and it's super pollinated in comparison to me being in New York, which New York really has the shitty air. Upstate's air is really fresh. Um, so... He was like, your breathing sucks. But I was like, well, I'm on a lake. Winter is really bad because there's barely any air. It's like a fucking, it's like Independence Day outside in the winter, not Suigo. You literally can't breathe. It's like a fucking typhoon. And like, you know, all the air, is, it's like a tornado. Like you really can't breathe. And then when spring is there, it's like all the pollen and all the dust is just coming around. So it's my allergies. I can't breathe. I'm like, I have an asthma pump, my butyrol pump. I've been taking it. I just don't know. So he feels my neck. He goes, well, why is your trachea all the way? Why is your trachea leaning on your neck? Your trachea is literally leaning on the muscles of your neck. He's like, I can see your trachea. To make a long story short, he takes the, the, the um, chest x-ray and he sees that my trachea is literally bent at a 45 degree angle versus a 90 degree angle like it's supposed to be. It was at a 45 degree angle. And he was like, that's not good. They rushed me to Oswego County or Oswego General, whatever you want to call it, hospital for me to get a CAT scan. I was in a hospital. I got in, I went to urgent care around 12. I was in a hospital till about 11 o'clock that night running tests. They did the CAT scan on me, which they did like contrast, where they entered in the IV, which is disgusting. If anybody has ever had a CAT scan, they know that contrast is the most, it makes you feel like you're peeing on yourself. And while I was in the CAT scan or while I was in the machine, I threw up and it, it was just a bad time. They took me back to the room, made me wait an additional two hours. I'm like, that's great. If they hadn't come to me and talked to me urgently, then maybe what he saw in the x-ray is not true. When I even came in and told them that, the urgent care told me that I needed a CAT scan. The nurse practitioner laughed at me and was like, oh yeah, the urgent care, of course they know what, what to do with people. So I felt like that was like a personal bias, but that's a story for another day. I think they was beefing. But <laughs> he was like, um, we got the CAT scan back. And unfortunately, there is a huge mass on your thyroid, which your thyroid, you know, produces your hormones, you know, affects your mood, weight gain, weight loss, overeating, stress, all of that. It affects everything. It's a goiter the size of a grapefruit on your thyroid, pushing your trachea 
preventing you from breathing. Hence why you've been wheezing and out of breath so long. He looked at me and said, you're a miracle. You should have died. You've had this goiter on your neck for almost a year and a half. And you had no clue of it. Every time you went to bed at night, there was an 85% chance that you wasn't going to wake up the next day. That's why you woke up in the middle of the night coughing. That's why you woke up in the middle of the night wheezing or, you know, taking your buterol pump to help you breathe. That's why that last week you were sick and you kept taking Benadryl to help it. It was getting worse. He said last week it was at its worst point. It was inflamed. So at the time, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand the language. So in my opinion, it was like, okay, cool. What's the next step? What medicine are we taking to, you know, shrink this mass? Or what are we doing to, you know, make sure it goes away? And the doctor said, well, first we have to make sure it's not cancerous. We have to do a biopsy. We're going to transfer you to Syracuse Hospital to see if there's anything to do. So I wind up leaving my car in Oswego, um, and I took an ambulance all the way to Syracuse. Got to Syracuse. They said the same thing. They didn't have to do a chest x-ray, but they made sure that I was breathing comfortably. Of course, they were, you know, inserting things into the IV to make sure I was comfortable um, at the time, my mom was calling me. My mom had rushed all the way up to Syracuse in the middle of the night to make sure I was okay. Um, and then we rushed back up to Oswego after being discharged from the hospital because there was nothing they could do. They told me I would have to go to get a biopsy to make sure I could either take pills or I would have another option. We went back to Oswego, packed everything up. I had to leave my job, which made me a little upset because... I had no option of a job at home, and plus I was dealing with a very serious health condition, so I was at my most depressed um, those past weeks after graduation, um, especially with my thyroid um, over-functioning, so, I mean under-functioning, excuse me, over-functioning would mean I was losing weight, not eating, uh, not getting sleep, but mine was over-functioning, I mean under, I keep saying over, under-functioning, um, and what uh, underactive thyroid basically means is that I was overeating, I was gaining weight that was, you know, unanswered or unexplained. Um, I had been going to the gym every day with uh, one of my uh, boss's daughters um, who had, you know, been training me, going to the gym three to four times a week and wasn't losing weight and it was confusing to me or I would drop weight my my weight would just drop and then excuse me two weeks later I would have the weight back um gaining weight crazy would be sleeping all types of the day not even have any energy to go to work um super depressed um at times I would just have emotional outbursts um lashing out on friends and I couldn't understand why this was all happening I had no idea on why my body was changing like this. But at the time, I just thought, you know, I'm stressed. I'm working two jobs. I'm in grad school. It's going to happen that way. Um, you know, I wasn't eating. Or if I was eating, it was one time and I was picking out. So that's what I thought explained it. My breathing. I thought, oh, you know, I have 
you know, bad allergies. So when my allergies get really bad, it does, it is a problem for me to breathe. Um, and also I, it was just so many things I had answers for, but that wasn't the correct answer. Um, so I went down, um, excuse me, I went downstate with my mom. We moved to, um, my boss at the time was like, I totally understand you. Should you need anything, please don't hesitate to contact me. Uh, we rushed downstate. I went to Maimonides Hospital as soon as we got downstate um, to just double check to make sure, you know, get a third opinion. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So what the doctor saw upstate was totally correct. Um, you have to have surgery. So I ha ha still hadn't taken the seriousness of it yet. Was still taking it as a joke. Um and so the doctor told me to put my hand on my neck and really feel. And at the time, you could literally feel the mass on my throat and you can feel my trachea. Like I was literally swallowing and it was going in like, like you know how you have those um, slides that somewhat do like a funky shape? That's how my swallowing was going. So I would swallow a drink or eat something and swallow and my saliva or whatever I would drink, it would do like, it would be like boom, boom, down. Instead of just straight down, it would be like boom. It would like bounce off my neck and then go down. So one day we was at Macy's and, not Macy's, excuse me. Me and my mom were in Wendy's eating and I had just broken down because I couldn't even eat without feeling all the food and all the the the, you know, the traffic on the right side of my neck instead of the middle. And I really broke down because it was, it was, it was a serious point at that part where it was, you know, literally like life or death. Like I could have died at any moment, you know, yet, you know, I persevered through it, but I was just, I just graduated a couple weeks ago. Everything was fine. You know, I had gone to Dubai and, you know, was living my entire life, went to Dubai, was eating healthy, you know, really just enjoying myself with a bunch of older women who influenced me, like my mom and all my aunts and my aunt's friends who, you know, have strong influences. And I was just having a time in my life to come back home and deal with this. It was overwhelming to just, you know, be on the last few weeks of my graduate school tenure what should be the happiest moments of my life and dealing with this. So it was a little heartbreaking. Um, and so I went downstate. Um, I had an amazing doctor, Dr. Wise. He helped me through this whole process of being stressed and everything. Um, told me that the earliest I would be able to have surgery was the end of June. To be honest, at that point, I just wanted it out of my throat, the mask, because it was just... It was hard to breathe and like I guess the severity of it really punched my reality and I just wanted to be over with it. I just wanted to, I, before that chapter even opened, I wanted to close it. Um, so I got surgery about three weeks after coming home from Oswego. Um, I was in the hospital for about two days. I had gotten the surgery. The surgery was about two hours, two, three hours. I'm, I'm lying. It was about four hours. They removed the goiter. The goiter was the size of a mini watermelon. It was the size about of a mini watermelon or like a, a grapefruit on hormones. They literally had to push it out of my neck because they didn't want to 
cut me from ear to ear to remove it. So they literally pushed it out. Um, ever since then, since June, I've been healing. Um, just trying to make sure that my thyroid. So with the neck surgery, besides the mass being removed, I also had to remove half of my thyroid, and of course, removing half of any organ. Uh, of course, besides the heart, the brain, or the lungs, um, it you know it 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 can be hard to you know make sure it's functioning at a hundred percent. So since June, I've had half a thyroid, only my right side, um, and there could have been a lot of you know kickback to the removal. Um, I could have had an overactive thyroid or underactive thyroid. So the difference is. Overactive means I'm super, super high metabo, not really eating, not really sleeping, uh, you know, hormones super out of whack, um, just, you know, crying or depressed, just like very, my hormones are just ODing. Um, and an underactive thyroid is that my hormones are not working like they should, I'm not really reacting to things how I should be, um, sleeping a lot, eating a lot, just, you know, out of it, not working at my highest potential. But I found out on Monday that my doctor told me I didn't need to take any hormones and that my thyroid is functioning at 100% even though I have half of it. So that's just a blessing. I just want to thank God through this whole journey. It's been stressful. It's been very depressing. Um, having to deal with that and then having to deal with my brother going away to school, like technically losing my best friend, like not losing him. He didn't, you know, like God forbid go to jail or die, but like losing that element of seeing him every day and laughing with him and getting high with him. I'm a snitch, but <laughs> just enjoying my time with my brother and just like having somebody who understands you and is goofy with you. Me and my brother are a day apart. Like if I... Literally, Justin is me in male form. Like, that's literally me. So, having to deal with losing my brother. I keep saying losing. I'm sorry, Justin. I didn't lose you. I could call you right now and you'll pick up. But, you know, seeing my brother mature and have to go through college. um, And also being unemployed for two and a half months. It's been a lot. Uh, not really having a job. That's what they don't really tell you about post-grad either. You expect to go back to school and, you know, get your experience up, get your experience up, get your skills up and come out and get any job you want. Because what the fuck? I have a master's. I pay me all the money. I did the schooling. But it is harder than I thought. I've been trying. I always tell people just pray for me. I, that's all I ask for is prayer because prayer and support because those things are free, but they mean the most. They're, they have the most value to me. Um Definitely, you know, a, a shift from having two jobs, technically three jobs um, in school and doing school to being home and not really, you know, like basically two months ago, three months ago, I had my own place. I had money in my pocket. I had two forms of, well, technically three forms of income, three forms of income and you know, doing what needed to be done. Very happy. I felt independent to have to come back home. No offense, Ma. Your house is beautiful. But I have to come back home and depend on parents and have to, you know, do interviews constantly and apply to jobs and hear, no, 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 we don't want you. Or, yes, we want you, but you're only going to be making, like, 
$12 an hour. It, it, it is a little stressful. It's very stressful. And I've just trying to, I've been trying to, you know, keep my head up and remain positive. But sometimes it's really hard. You know, it is very hard. But I believe in God and I know God, what's for me won't pass me. So I won't even sit there and start that stress talk because I'm not a stressful person and I'm not a person who likes to be sad and soak and feel bad for themselves. That was never me. I, that's just not me. But basically, don't let your stress be the factor of diminishing your greatness. Don't feel because, oh, this job said, don't let your nose make you feel like you're a no. Make those no's push you to strive more to show them why you should be a yes, you know? And every day I ask God, I say, you know, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. And this is me being transparent. I don't know what you want me to do, God. I'm lost. I need your guidance. And just trying to have a clear and level head while praying to God and asking for his guidance. But also knowing that without work, prayer is, you know, Prayers, you know, it, it doesn't work. You have to put in the work behind the prayer and vice versa. So that's that. Adulting is pretty hard. No one tells you that. But I'm not going to sit here and, you know, end on a sad note. We're going to end on a happy note. <laughs> but basically, um, you know, that's just been my life the past couple of months just, you know, trying to graduate, trying to deal with this neck surgery and this fucking buck 50 scar I got across across my neck trying to heal. But I spoke to someone and they said it's not a buck 50 because a buck 50 is on your face, blah, 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 because it's 150 stitches. So I'll call mine like a buck 12 because it was technically 12 stitches and a drain in the middle. So... I'll call my I call my next car a buck twelve, <laughs> um. But yeah, just basically trying to heal after surgery and remain positive and not let that be a factor in who I am, but just be a pivot in my life story. And I think that gives you know you know how celebrities go through their little like their little like you know bad points in life. I feel like this will be great to talk about when I have my TV show. I'm like, yeah, when I was young, I had neck surgery. I got half a fucking thyroid. Like, you don't even know what I've been through, you know, just to tell a story. Just to tell a story. And, you know, have people like, oh, oh my God. You know, when I'm on Ellen and she interviewing me, oh, I'm on, I'm on a TV show and they're like, oh my God, she's so strong. She went through so much. Wow, oh my God. But, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, um, that's just basically, you know, a but uh, season three, episode one. I'm not gonna chat for too long. I've already been chatting for about like almost forty minutes. Um, and I know y'all niggas don't listen to this whole shit. Let find me one person right now who listens to the. If you get to the end of this podcast, send me your cash app. If you really get to the bare end, send me your cash app. I'ma cash app you some money, and I'ma really see who's listening. I'ma really see on y'all niggas. I'ma do incentives after every podcast. I'ma be like, oh, if you really watching, I mean watching, ha. Huh? Well, we gonna get on that. That's another thing I wanted to talk about. I'm thinking about branching onto YouTube. To be honest, if I branch on YouTube, don't expect me to look good all the time. Like Aaliyah J or Leah V or the Ace Family or whoever the fuck else, the Iron Ken. 
don't don't expect me to come here with a full beat phase, 40 inch weave, you know, and then eventually branch out and have a man. At, 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 none of that shit. I will sit there and I'll be in a bonnet with crust on the side of my lip, talking to you, basically recording like how I am now, looking like a whole bum. And it's either you're going to like it or you're going to love it. I don't care. But I'm thinking about branching onto YouTube because I got to start somewhere if I want my own TV show. And yeah, like I'm trying to be up there with the Kimmels and the Fallons and the Cordons. And, you know, I want to be the first first lady of late night television. I want to be mad funny. I want to, you know, sit behind a table and wear a pantsuit and say little jokes that are actually funny, though, you know. But, like I said, I'm going to put incentives at the end of every show. And I'm going to be like, if you listen all the way to the end, send me a cash app. I'm going to cash app you $50 just to see if y'all niggas is really listening. Because y'all be lying. And you know what? Another thing I find real disrespectful. Don't sit there and suggest another podcast to me. Talking about something. You'll really like it. <coughs> Jamel. <laughs> now, let me not quote my cousin out. Talking about, oh, I really like this podcast. You should listen to it. You know what podcast you should be listening to? The motherfucking Shantizzy podcast. That's the podcast you should listen to. Suggest which episode of mine you like the best. Suggest which topic you want to hear. Don't tell me I should go listen to, to, you know, um, Skim Ness or Joe Rogan or Joe Budden. I, I, I listen to them already. I like them too, but like, we focusing on mine right now, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you subscribe to Shantizzy on Apple Podcasts, so after you done listening to the Joe Button Podcast, you listening to my shit right after, a nice transition, two angry people blacking, okay? But, like I said, (laughs) at the end of every podcast, I want to do like, either a tip of the day, a makeup product I'm really listening to. A li- a really, a makeup product I'm really listening to. Stop doing drugs, Chantel. A makeup product I really like. A story time or a debate. Like where I do a poll and I have you guys vote. So, I already did one on uh, Instagram where I said, Would you rather, what, what tests your patience more? Waiting on people or waiting on food? Can y'all believe 80% of y'all motherfuckers said y'all don't have patience when waiting on people? The fuck y'all waiting on people for? Y'all need to stop waiting on people. I did that a long time ago. If you're not here, if I say meet at 5.30 and you're not there at 5.29, guess what, bitch? I left your ass. Especially if I'm giving your stink ass a ride. Oh, hell no. I don't wait on nobody. No motherfucking body. I don't wait. Now, food is a different story. I'm a fat bitch, a BBW. I will wait on some chicken over rice. I'll wait on a burrito. I'll wait on Chick-fil-A, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Do you know I waited on Popeye's line? When was that? That was yesterday? Wednesday. Waited 45 minutes on the line to get a chicken sandwich. Was I disappointed? Not really. Was it better than Chick-fil-A? And and you want to know some real fat bitch shit? Real fat bitch shit. I ate a Chick-fil-A and a Popeye's chicken sandwich at the same time. Don't judge me. And you know which one is better? Yeah, I wish I would tell y'all. I'm not getting into that debate. But y'all already know which one is fucking better. And y'all know. And y'all hearts of hearts, y'all know what chicken sandwich is better. You telling me. 
a chicken sandwich with mayo and pickles is better than a chicken sandwich with lettuce, tomato, cheese, pickles, and potentially bacon? Get the fuck out of here. Don't start with me. But I'm not biased. I, I, didn't, I still didn't give a vote. I just asked, do y'all think that's better? I didn't say anything. I said, get the fuck out of here because, you know, but I'm, I'm unbiased. I'm, I'm, I'm opaque in this debate. Ooh, that rhyme. I should be a rapper. But anyway, and then 20% of you guys said you, don't, you, you hate waiting on food. And that's the 20% I could get with. That's the 20% I could fuck with because that tests my patience too. I'm hungry. I know you see this fat on me. I know. And don't, oh, Chantel, you're not fat. I'm fat. It's okay. It's, it's, it's not like, you know, I'm out here saying, oh, you know, God forbid, oh, no, I got to amputate my leg. Oh, no, you don't got to amputate your leg. Oh, no. Don't feel sorry for me. Don't, oh, I got I to gotta cut off my arm, God forbid. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Don't feel bad for me like I just said, you know, I got to. I got in a car accident or something. All I said was I'm fat. It's okay. It's okay to be fat. Let's normalize being fat in society. Everybody's not a size fucking two. Everybody's not even a size fucking ten. Do you know 80% of the world is a size 12 or bigger? Get the... Don't start with me. It's okay to be fat. But yes, I don't like waiting for food because I be hungry. And I really get an attitude when I'm not eating on time. Like, that's really something that I get mad about. If my food is not in my face, I get mad. If I'm if my eating experience is prolonged, I get an attitude. Yesterday, we went out to dinner for my cousin's birthday. My aunt was late. Just believe I had an attitude. I, I definitely did. And then what sucks when you're hungry and you haven't ate in a while is, you know... Damn, now I can't even eat the food like I want because fucking gas done done filled up my stomach and I can't even be, you know, pig out like I want to. So, yes, I do get an attitude when I'm not eating on time. But, yes, I dance a little when I eat too. But that's tea for another day. And my next debate or my next poll will be who do you think is more important to impress when dating your boyfriend or your conquest friends or his mother and i'm real interested to see what y'all thinking and i'll give my opinion on the next show who i feel is more important to impress and y'all might laugh <laughs> but that's the end of the show i hope y'all was listening because i'm cash happy somebody 20 dollars for listening all the way to the end and i'm gonna really see who texts me like chantal listen all the way to the end where my cash app because y'all niggas be lying and that's all i hope you enjoyed tizzy time i hope you miss me talking my bs too because i miss talking it and yeah next week i don't know what i'm gonna do next week but it's gonna be funny and yeah i'm thinking about doing a mukbang on my podcast and now a bitch got a mic so no more recording no more you know <laughs> just speaking into a macbook i got a mic now i'm about to be like fucking you know hannah when she was recording all her shits on the thing hey world it's me hannah baker now let me stop i'm just kidding bye y'all <laughs>